What's up, guys? Welcome to the Take It Home podcast presented by the Wrestling Open Forum. Today, we're going to talk about many things, including Evolve Wrestling, Fighter Fest coming to TNT, the greatest wrestling match ever, and much more. I'm ready to roll. Are you ready to roll? Let's get this thing rolling. Welcome to Take It Home. All right, guys, we are live here. The Wrestling Open, it's not the Wrestling Open, it's Wrestling Open Forum Presents Take It Home. Been doing way too many podcasts, and once again, I'm doing all this by myself, so I'm trying to keep up with it. But uh, but yeah, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, I got comments. If you see me looking straight ahead, I got the screen pulled up. I'm a little out of breath. This is what happens. I was prepared. I was more than prepared, and I got comfortable. I got comfortable, and I... Hung out for the last hour, just knowing I had to do this on my phone, researching what I need to look up, what I need to fact check and everything before the episode. And next thing you know, it's 8.50. Haven't got my big big daddy camera set up to film. Got all the internet stuff set up, but yeah. So give me like the first five minutes to kind of catch my breath, take deep breaths and go here and there. Uh... Once again, if you've never watched this podcast before, uh, this is an interactive podcast. This is the only interactive podcast as of right now, right here on Wrestling Open Forum Network Show, whatever you want to call it. Um, we do have the Wrestling Open Forum Show coming out tomorrow, and it will be on the High Spots Wrestling Network. We talk about it a little bit, but we have a big announcement. So uh, if you can, if you have the High Spots Wrestling Network, check it out and. Uh, and check out the big announcement and hopefully you support us in it. It's a big step for me and Dutch, a big step for me and this brand of trying to create it. And, uh, yeah. So let me see. I hope this is going out. Let me test real quick. I don't even know where I put my mouse. There it is. Let me test real quick to make sure we're all good on the home front of streaming. I'm not live anymore. Yeah. Okay, we're good. All right, guys. So I have topics. I have uh thank you again to Brad Wilson, my producer for this show, uh, throwing me out some topics. And uh, yeah, there's some good ones. One thing that I do want to touch on, I'm not going to spend a lot of time with, with it because it's been said so much today and yesterday, and uh, we see the falling out of it coming up or going on right now, but uh, this uh, hashtag speak out, um, man, like you hear stories like this and I listen, I, I can't lie. I've heard, I've heard wind of stories like this and uh, like what, like, like rumors that went around the mill and, and I take responsibility that I didn't, I didn't take a, my good, my, first foot forward to try to look into it. Not, not for people I know, not for people like some of the people that, that have been accused. I had heard around the horn. I've been around this business for a long time. I've heard rumors about this going on, that going on. And, uh, yeah, I think we're at a place right now. This is the only thing I really say about it is I think we're at a place right now, especially, well, I don't want to, I don't want to just single out professional wrestling. It's primarily in professional wrestling right now, but also in the world where, this uh 
a lot of stuff that's happening is bringing to light a lot of things that need to be corrected, addressed, and uh, have a light shine on them to eliminate from not only professional wrestling, but from the world. So uh, the only thing I'll say about it uh, is uh, uh, the courage of the people that have spoken up and uh, called people out. And it's a hard business to do that. I mean, about a lot of things, but especially about something like sexual abuse or abusive relationships and stuff like that. It's a hard thing. So kudos. Uh, I respect every single one of you that stood up. And uh, if the allegations are true, I truly hope that everybody that took part and were the abusers get what is coming to them. No matter how famous you are, no matter what you've done, you don't deserve it and you need to be dealt with. And that's how I feel about in the world. That's how I feel about in professional wrestling. And that's how I feel about in PWX and anything, what I can control because I can only do things that I can control. What I can control is the environment that I have some supervision over. And I will say that in that environment, there is zero tolerance, not putting up with the shit. If there's even an inkling that it might be true or that somebody says something, uh, we're going to remove you and start investigating. So I don't want to get caught up on that. I'm still trying to catch my breath from running around and doing all this stuff. But, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's where I stand on that. Uh, kudos and, uh, like my full support goes out to everyone that stood up and is explaining their situations and their past stories. So yeah, enough of that. Let's just kick on over to the first subject matter of the night. And that is, hmm. That is the greatest wrestling match ever that was promoted by uh, WWE, which, come on, man. And I, and I, wanna, I don't want to talk about it a lot because me and Dutch kind of dove into it on, uh, on the Wrestling Open Forum show, and it's very in-depth. It's like 30-minute long conversation. So just another plug for you to go check out that show. But, man, like, you have two guys – this is kind of a summary of what I said on the show that airs tomorrow. You have two guys who have carried a, this company or carried WWE, I should say, on their back for a very long time. And uh, two guys who were two guys who were like not they're not in their prime. I don't care what anybody says about Orton. Orton's very good. Orton understands his abilities and Orton is av- is able to uh, peak with the with what he can do. He does more storytelling, uh, more selling, more move like a lower move set, less risk, and it's working out for him. But Edge, you got to be careful. But you have two guys who went out there and busted their ass for forty five minutes straight, and and put on. I'm telling you, man. Um, God, I don't want to jump on. Uh, the uh can't help I don't want to jump in too deep because I talked about it on the wrestling open forum show but it's a big it's a big topic of conversation uh, after last Sunday at backlash um yeah I feel like you set you set two guys two of the best to ever do it up for failure by promoting this as the best wrestling match ever before the match even happened and I think the good thing about a lot of the matches that are considered 
the best matches ever is the fact that it organically became the best wrestling match ever. Sometimes it's just a, it's a match that's just put together on a nitro. Sometimes it's a match that's put together on anything, like on any programming. And it just clicks. And two, two people have this moment that you can't write, you can't book, you can't create. It's, a mo- it's an organic moment where two, two people are in sync and two people are on the same page and have the common goal of having one of the best matches to ever grace a wrestling ring. And it does. And that's how it works. And so I just, I don't appreciate the fact that you send Edge and Orton out there uh, as a main event. I don't have, I have no problem with it being a main event because it's hard to follow a 45 minute match of that caliber and a 45 minute match where they kick out of X amount of finishers. And it's a very indie, indie style. It's, I mean, I have my theories, very indie style match towards the end and I think like my theory is they wrestled they put that match together through decades of when they wrestled so I think the first like the first part of the match was about when they how they, how they got trained and how they how they uh, like simple like sim- simplistic wrestling 80s wrestling uh, wrestling that doesn't have all these flippy floppy moves is all psychology and, and they told an amazing story then it got physical which is like early 90s mid 90s then it got to the point where everybody they're kicking out everybody's finishers, which is late nineties, early two thousands. And then they finished it with the typical out of nowhere RKO after he's already hit two and they went home and then they told the story and like kudos, man, that match, uh, it, I did not, I'll be honest. I did not believe that, that match was going to live up to the hype, but I can say that it did, but I still, still, still think that, it was hurt by the advertisement that it was going to be the best wrestling match ever. That's a lot of that's a lot of wrestling. A lot of wrestling, WWE. And and I think those two guys could have main evented the pay-per-view without without a tag like that. Without pr- unnecessary pressure like that. I think that they could have done the deed, did the job. And and everybody would have been talking about it even more than they are. Now everybody's talking about like, is it the greatest match ever? Is I mean, is it like we're talking about like Brett and Sean sixty minute Iron Man match? Talking about Macho and Steamboat? Come on, you can't you can't classify a, a match like that to be the greatest match ever when you have all these other great matches that it has to go up against. Just my take. I don't know if that's if everybody believes that or not, but once again, like I said, that's my take. But uh yeah, I don't know. The uh let me get this up. Uh if you if you haven't checked out this podcast before, what I was trying to say earlier, because I'm jumping around because I do too much if anybody knows, I do too much shit with this live stream while I'm trying to knock this out. But uh but yeah, the it, at any point in time, you can throw up a topic. Just throw up a topic. I can talk about it at the end. I got a few uh, things I'm going to talk about. Uh, God, I, I, I got this announcement tomorrow sitting on my brain, and I want to give it to you, but I'm not going to because I promised Dutch I wouldn't. Uh, let me see. Uh, Kevin Dunn tells fans they aren't fans. They aren't fans if they wear masks to tapings. So uh, I assume this was 
in pertain like pertaining to they allowed some family and friends into the WWE taping or the Raw taping uh, this past Monday, and uh, I feel like a lot of things happened that shouldn't have happened at this at this Raw taping. But uh, it's it's been said that uh, Kevin Dunn doesn't want mask in his audience, and uh, I mean Kevin, it's like you. I know you've been there a long time. I know that you're the top dog in production and have been forever, but uh, I think your authority kind of falls to the wayside when it comes to pandemics, whether you believe it or not. Uh, we're talking about the safety of humans, especially family and friends of superstars or people that work for WWE. And I think it's very ignorant and stupid for you to tell people that if uh, – if you don't wear a mask, you're not going to be a fan. If that's if that's what it was, that's that's the notes that I got. Um, so, man, I think that it. Let me see. I feel like when you at, at wrestling show or at WWE for for that matter, when you film events, you're filming history, whether you, whether you believe it or not. Your every event is history, and. Through times, that's this like this is the beauty of television shows. Through times, when you're filming or when you present something, it, you're part of it's part of history, and it might sound simple, but let me explain. If if you watch WrestleMania one, look at the crowd. In that crowd, you see history. You see how people dressed. You see people's hairdos. You see people uh, how people react. You see the difference of what what gets the fans to react and what gets the fans to boo. You see, like it's history. It's wrestling history and it's American history. And I feel like we're in a weird, weird place right now where we're living out a very historic moment in many, in more ways than one. And I think a part of that history is there's a pandemic going on and you need to document what it was like to be a part of that history, not hide what's going on outside the walls of your performance center. And uh, that's kind of what I feel like he's doing. I think he's accustomed to, and I'm just speaking out of my opinion. I, I can't tell you exactly what he's thinking. Um, I think he just wants it as cookie cutter, as norm as possible. And it, you can't, you lost that when you put up these glass walls, hockey walls, beside the ring and on the entranceway. And I think, like, you just don't, I mean, you can't, you can't ask people to come to give you a crowd to create a normal setting for wrestlers and then tell them that their safety isn't a matter. They need to not wear a mask. After, after one of your production staff tested positive for COVID after they worked. Don't make sense, Kev. Not Kev. Yeah, Kev. Doesn't make sense, Kev. Doesn't make sense. I think uh I think if you if people are willing, I mean, that's my that's my take on right now when people say, Are you gonna run shows? When are you gonna run shows again? I don't know that people are gonna come to shows. I don't know that people are going to um want to come to shows until they know they can safely come to shows. And well, I guess we'll find out when these independent companies do these uh, social distancing shows outside or have seating, like limited seating. But uh, 
Yeah, I think it's uh, that's a, I mean, it's not a tough call in a sense, but I see. I don't want to say I see where he's coming from. I just think his his ego is getting a little bit heavy uh, and overlooking the seriousness of what's going on in the world. So, uh, Kevin, if you need volunteers to come make WWE Raw look decent or look more to the norm of what's going on, uh, uh, you need to let them wear masks. That's that's what I think, and it's uh, I think you're it's it's pure idiocracy to ask somebody not to go ask them to go somewhere to make your make your product look more like it used to when you could have crowds and then tell them they're not they're not going to be a fan if they don't wear a mask it's i don't know um let's see the AEW announced that Fighter Fest was going to be 2 weeks and be featured on TNT I like this I like this I remember back at like take me back to Clash of Champions with WCW and I say that because Basically, can we all agree that AEW is WCW 2.0? You let me let me give you some comparisons. You have a billionaire that wanted wanted to start a wrestling company. Starts a wrestling company. Uh, They have names like Bash of the Beach. They want to do a War Games, which is blood and guts. Uh, You have. I mean, you have uh, a blonde-haired big baby face. That's one of your top baby faces with Rhodes as the last name. Uh, I mean, you're WCW 2.0. Um, you Theoretically, theoretically, you could have the four horsemen. I'm not going to tell you with who, but uh, the people that are involved, like people that could be it, know my suggestion. But, um, yeah, I think you're WCW 2.0. And uh, I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. I think Eric Bischoff makes very valid points when he talks about that on his podcast. But uh, I do like the aspect of doing a big, like, fighter Fest, what they're doing, or a big show that could be a pay-per-view uh, on, on the network. I think uh, if they've ever – I think – I don't know that they've broken a million viewers yet. I think they have like the first or second episode. But I think these two, if done right, if done correctly, if promoted correctly, I think these two shows could potentially both get over a million viewers um, and get out of that uh, six digits. But uh, yeah, I think some of the matches they have is Cody versus Hager, which I like. Uh, Moxley versus versus Brian Cage. I really like that. Um, I'm interested to see how it's going to go. Uh... And more. Let me see if I got any more. If any more have been announced. <laughs> no, I think that's the only two that are announced. Uh, best friends challenging Hangman Page and Kenny Omega for the AEW World Tag Team titles. I like that. Uh, and Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. Okay, so... I'm going to get off on a tangent. My, I think the best character on AEW right now is Orange Cassidy. And I don't know who's in charge of booking that. I don't know who's putting it all together. Um, I've always, like, Chuck Taylor is the one that turned me on to Orange Cassidy, like, five years ago. 
when he said when he told me that that was just, that's his favorite wrestler in the world, and uh, I started watching him. And I, I've always knew if you followed him before he got to AEW, you know that his character has a second gear or third gear for that matter uh, when he gets mad, and that's when he throws off all those crazy spots or all those crazy moves. And I love that aspect about him is he's he's cool and calm until you super piss him off, and then he flips it on and goes. But um, I'm anxious to see what they're going to do with Jericho because I feel like if if Orange Cassidy doesn't come out on top against Jericho, then it's going to hurt him more than help Jericho. So the question is, I, I've always been one that's been told that Jericho is good for business. I, I, I haven't seen anything of, that changes my mind on that on that opinion. So hopefully, in my like once again, in my opinion, this is not set. This is just me uh i think that orange cassidy needs to go over on jericho to to establish him as that he can do it i think people like the character people like what it does but i don't think people believe that he can win a big match yet i think he can do cool moves he can do a suicide dive with his hands in his pocket uh he can nip up with his hands in his pocket he can do a drop kick off the top rope with his hands in his pocket but can he win the big match? That's the question, and that's the answer that we should get on Fighter Fest. But I mean, who knows? I think that uh, I don't know. I, I like the idea of Fighter Fest. Let me pitch this out to you, AEW. I like the idea of Fighter Fest being a Clash of Champions type show every year moving forward. I know you're friends with, I know like Omega or whoever is friends with the CEO of Fighter Fest. And I know they were hurt when, uh, when, uh, the whole pandemic came across and they had to cancel WrestleMania and they had to cancel Fighter Fest and they had to cancel WrestleCon and all that. So this might be a way for them to hold a show, but make it like a three hour show on TNT. Don't break it up into two weeks. I assume they're all, they're going to film it all in one week or in one taping and then just, display it or put it out in two weeks but uh yeah i don't know it's uh i i like i like the partnership there i feel like with that you want to i mean one of the things that one of the things that bischoff has always been a proponent of that when i listen to him because whether you like him or not you can learn from him uh by listening to his podcast is how can you attract fans from another uh, area of interest? So, I mean, Xavier Woods does this very well too with his Up, Up, Down, Down YouTube channel is he attracts gamers to professional wrestling. And I feel like this is an avenue that AEW can attract gamers to their brand. And, I mean, it was put out there that... uh, that they're working on a video game, AEW video game. So this is a prime, uh, like a prime moment to partner with one of the probably, if not the biggest gaming convention out there, outside of uh, the cons, the big cons, uh, whatever they're called. Um, God, I'll get crucified for not knowing what those are called. Uh, comic cons, but that's comics. So I mean, video games have a play in it. But I mean, I guess Dragon Con Atlanta is pretty big, but that's more of a Comic Con thing. But uh, like, I guess CEO 
and Fighter Fest is a bigger, like a a big gaming, the biggest one of the biggest gaming uh, conventions out there. So it gives you an area to have a have a show, gives you a partnership with the gaming community that you can draw more eyes to your product, and it gives you the ability to just uh, grow. I mean, it's the same. Same thing I said about uh, about the TNT. Anybody can challenge. I think. Uh, by the way, Ricky Starks. I love. I love that they chose that spot to introduce him. Even though he's a contracted talent, I I love that they chose that spot to introduce him because just like I said on on the last uh, the last take it home, it, you need somebody to show up. More importantly than show up, you need somebody to win it that is not a contracted talent uh, in AEW. But I love the fact that everybody knows Ricky Starks. I mean, I mean, some people know him from CWF Hollywood out in California, but a lot of people know him from NWA and his little run at NWA. And it was it was cool for them to bring him in and him show up for that that match and that opportunity. And it gave you that it gave you that feeling. It gave you that the aura of oh they they reached out to NWA uh, to get this guy, but in reality they just signed him and gave him the opportunity, which I love. I just love how they did it. It's, it was very well booked, very well thought out, and it lived up to the moniker of like what we're doing, uh, what what they said they were going to do, what Cody's promo was about, and even though it was not exactly because now we know that he's signed, he we want to see him every week and everything. Uh, deservingly so. I'm not mad about that, but uh, but yeah. So it lived up to the hype, and and he's he's awesome. He's an incredible wrestler. I love his promos. I love his charisma, and uh, I really was never. I had seen him wrestle on Marquez's stuff out in California, but I'd never really got to see him until I watched the NWA Power, and uh, yeah, he's he's awesome. He's he's one of my favorites from NWA Power. And and I'm glad to see him get, even though Power has a good platform in the YouTube channel and all that stuff, like AEW's on on television on on a big network, and you get more eyes on you. So congratulations to him, and a good showing. Him and Cody had a good match. Uh, let's see what else can we jump into. Um, the have, can we all come to an agreement that wrestling without a crowd is weird? I mean, I know we're I know we're kind of getting into, but I, mean, I I even think, hmm, like wrestling with limited crowd or wrestlers in the audience or trainees. I'm not a fan of the trainees in in the audience at WWE because I don't like the fact that you can see these people wrestle on Wednesday night on NXT, which you're supposed to be you're promoting as an equal brand as Raw and SmackDown, and then watch them in an audience yelling and screaming for people at pay-per-views. It just, I mean, to me, from a, from a stand, I understand you got to do, you do what you got to do. I assume they're getting paid. I hope they're getting paid and they're, it's not just like in their contract that you get a weekly pay. This is you hope you're giving them something to show up in a building with a bunch of people, not six feet apart. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's gotten weird. I, I didn't think, Maybe because I didn't think it was going to go this long, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I, every time, like like I I enjoyed WrestleMania, 
it was still weird, but I enjoyed it just because of the probably because of the um probably because of the the talent involved as well as the uh effort given by all the talent at WrestleMania. But I feel like it's get, it's gotten weird, man. It's and I know they they're doing what they got to do. They got they have contracts, they have agreements, they have to put out programming. Uh but I'm so ready for wrestling to get back to fans and arenas and packed out places. Uh, and I'm ready for any wrestling to get back. And do you think, hmm, do you think it is too early for indie wrestling to be successful? That's something I've been fighting with is, uh, like you can see the series of supremacy that we do with PWX where we, that's, our, that's our edition of crowdless wrestling or wrestling with no fans. But uh, a lot of what we did there was we tried to make it a cinematic event as opposed to a wrestling show with no fans. So uh, it's very uh, clean cut. And the one thing I didn't like about it, and I will critique myself on here, is that we kept everything's the same. Like every every episode has the same format. And I wish I would have gotten more creative with the format, but I was so scared about the... I was so scared about the a the timing issue of doing it all filming in one day and making sure we we wasn't keeping people and we kept everybody safe and we only had a certain amount of people in the arena at certain times and b I didn't want to miss anything so I didn't want to get to an episode and not have something that I needed and the episode hurt so I built a format every every show is the same format but the matches are different. That's what I like about it. That's the one thing I like about it. The what I don't like about it is, uh, is that that it was just the same. Like it's cookie. It's kind of cookie cutter in a sense of, like every every format is the same. It's intro, opponent one, opponent two, match. But to each their own. Um, but yeah, I think I've been fighting with it, man. I don't know. I don't know if it's it's too early. For wrestling to come back from on an independent level, um, because once again, I don't know any independents that can afford uh, like th- the necessary medical equipment that is needed to su- like that is needed to successfully make sure that everyone is safe. And I mean, so, I mean, once again, if you buy a ticket and they tell you that, listen, come at your own risk, it, but then you run the risk of nobody buying a ticket and you can have a show that houses a hundred people when it could have housed 800. So I encourage a lot of independent wrestling companies. I know you're itching. I know you want to do it. Uh, we can't right now in North Carolina because our governor is, hasn't allowed it, but I know like Georgia, some people have started doing stuff in Indiana. They've started doing stuff in South Carolina. They started doing stuff. But yeah, like be safe, people. Like take take care of each other. It's I mean, it is pro wrestling. It is something we all love, but we want to do it safely for the boys, for the girls, for the fans, for the staff, for everybody. But I mean, I don't know. You can give me your opinions, but uh yeah. I don't know. The uh what about the whole backlash? Like I've heard I only I've only watched out of backlash, I only watched the greatest wrestling match ever. Um, but I've heard the rest of it was garbage except for the Street Profits and the Vikings. 
So what, I mean, I know what we can talk about. The Heyman. Well, what about Heyman getting booted out? Uh, and there's there's been accusations that it was because of there's been accusations is because he was making fun of AJ or AJ went to SmackDown because he's making fun of AJ. But then I've also read that there was a lot of talent that was that were really upset with him and fed up with him and wanted him to like roll out and be done. But all I got to say is be careful what you ask for because now you got the big boss back and he's going to make the calls, even though Bruce, they're saying Bruce is over it. Um, he has no XFL to go run to. And <coughs> regardless of what the talent think, I think as a fan, you can appreciate that you were seeing people like Ricochet and Cedric being uh, uh, getting a spotlight on them. People like Apollo Crews getting a spotlight on them. I still don't know why you have Samoa Joe behind a behind a a, a desk calling commentary. It makes no sense to me. But yeah, so I mean, the what, one thing I'm worried about is will we fall back into the Vince McMahon. Uh, way of running wrestling and that's kind of being out of touch with everyone and going with the safe bets and i don't know i I just i'm I'm, i love randy orton i love edge i love christian i love flair but that's not who i want to see on my tv every big moment in raw you have so many talented people under that umbrella and especially on that roster uh raw and smackdown (coughs) i feel like smackdown's kind of kept up with presenting new new people and uh stayed stayed true to them trying to build new stars but raw is just man but uh but yeah so let me see bobby hawkins says would love to see pwx come back with possibly an outdoor show it'd be easier to socially distance while still having a bigger audience i agree um i've seen like i know they're doing a lot of people are doing like drive-in shows, but I don't know how that would, or not drive, like drive-in movie theater shows. Um, a comedian that I thought that I love is Burt Kreischer, The Machine, and he's going to be in Charlotte on the 24th with a outdoor uh, show or drive-in theater show. And I don't know that that would work with PWX. Uh, I mean, I feel like we could make it work in a sense of everybody's in their cars, but the beauty of professional wrestling is or independent professional wrestling is you, when you get close to the ring and you, you feel the bumps and you feel the punches and you, and you yell at the, the talent and you, and you're into it. It's just like a sporting event. I mean, why would you pay to go to a sporting event to watch on the big screen? It, it makes no sense. So I, I mean, I, I like the idea of doing outside show. <coughs> I'm not really sure in Charlotte or its surrounding area where we could do it. Unless we did it like in, but even if we did it in uh, the stadium behind Grady Cole Center, um, that's still a big building. And once again, you're going to run into the you're going to run into the very true argument from people that it's not safe yet. And uh, I mean, as much as much as I would like to get to Rise of a Champion and me being able to kick Corey Hollis's ass, I really. I really want to wait until the timing is right. And uh, like me and Brian have this conversation every, every two days of when, when is it, when is it time to go back? Had a conversation with 
two people on the talent on the talent roster of PWX, and uh, like I started the conversations with you guys feel like talking about wrestling because I I don't I do love wrestling. Me and everybody in PWX and everybody that work in the business are surrounded by it all the time, and we this is probably the longest all of us have gone without doing it in a very very long time. So it's just a matter of. When, when is the right time to talk about it? When is the right time to start booking people for something? When is the right time to book a venue? And it's just still up in the air. And, uh, yeah, it's a shitty situation, man. But ultimately, <coughs> sorry, I'm running out of air and I'm running out of, like, my throat. But uh, ultimately, the biggest thing is making sure that we can do it safely for our staff, our talent, and the fan base. That's one thing me and Brian really want to really want to focus on, and I don't I, I could give I could care less if everybody in 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 their sister company run a wrestling show in North Carolina until me and Brian agree that we can do it as safe as possible, putting no one in danger. That's when we're going to put out Rise of a Champion, and as soon as we know something, as soon as we get the green light, as soon as we get do the agree on the go ahead, then you guys will be the first to know. If you want to know more about PWX, why not put a PWX uh, pitch in here? Uh, go to pwxpro.com. You can watch all the episodes of Series of Supremacy. We have two more. One goes out Tuesday or next two Tuesdays in June. <clears throat> and we'll, and it's, I mean, they're fun shows. I mean, they're only about some roughly probably 25 to 30 minutes long. And uh, yeah, they air live every Tuesday and they're on the YouTube channel as well as. PWX Facebook. So go check them out. Uh, let's see. Les said, agreed on WWE having the best rost- wrestling roster in the world. Too bad they just never do it right. They, I feel like um, when I analyze it, and this is the last time I'm going to talk about WWE because I do want to talk about Evolve before I jump off here. Um, I feel like every time that I try to analyze what WWE is doing. And I try to do it from an educated perspective as well as giving them the benefit of the doubt. But uh, what I feel like they fall victim to so much is they overthink everything. And the problem with that is sometimes it's good. Sometimes things need to be overthinked and come to a conclusion before they happen. But it's just like I'm trying to think of a good analogy to give you. Um, if there's a, uh, this is a horrible analogy, but I'm going to go with it. Cause it's the only thing I can think of there. You get invited to a party, <clears throat> you know, the party has a few people that you might not like, or you might not get along with. So instead of just saying, you know what, why not? Let's just go see what happens. You think about it for a week and you overanalyze everything. You think about what could go wrong, what will go wrong. Uh, what might happen, what happens if this person says something, what happens if this person says something, and you ultimately decide, I'm not going. You're not going because of the risk involved with going. And the problem with that is you could have went to the party, made friends, made up with these people, and everything was fine and just had a good night out. But the problem is you overanalyze it so much that you talk yourself out of doing it. And I think that's what WWE does a lot, and examples of that is is primarily whenever they book people up and start building someone, and then they just pull the rug out from under them. We've seen them do it with, like, they gave Owens the run, but they kind of done it with Owens. They did it with Sammy. Uh, 
They did it with Cedric. They've done it with Ricochet. They've, they've, I mean, it's just this laundry list of people who are all potential future stars in your company. And you, I think you over, they overanalyze it. And when you overanalyze something and don't let it play out, let the fan base decide what they want, what they want to see, then this is what happens. What happens is you get a roster full of talent that you don't use correctly and you continuously go to your safety net, which to Vince is the late 90s, early 2000s stars that made them so much money back in the day. Eventually, those stars are going to age out, and then you're not going to have anyone to to build up or that's built to carry the company. I mean, shit, I, I talk about it on the, on the uh, Wrestling Open Forum show. I feel like they've buried AJ. I don't know how. I don't know why, but I feel like ever since AJ, I mean, I agree, AJ should have lost to The Undertaker. But I feel like he could have been handled so much better coming back out of that. And they've just kind of put him to the wayside. And now he's flipping, flopping from Raw to SmackDown in the middle of the night. And you don't really know where he's going. I don't think they've done what they can with Daniel Bryan, who should be one of their major stars right now. I don't, even, even with his injury and being out a, a few years, he should still be one of their major stars. And I don't know. And I don't think he is. I think he, like, how. How can that ma- that SmackDown match of Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles not be one of the most talked about matches uh, on your website or on in wrestling like this past two weeks? Like the build up to it and after the match. I don't get it. And I mean, that's, that's why some people want to leave NXT and WWE. That's why some people are frustrated. And that's why they, I mean, they continue to be stagnant. That's why they continue to you just continue to see reports of Fox isn't happy with ratings, uh, like their numbers are staying the same. But I mean, if you want me to contradict myself on that, look at NXT. NXT uh, builds new stars. They have this indie darling talent. They continuously, continuously, continuously create new stars, and they can't break a million viewers. On Wednesday nights, so I don't know. It's uh, if everybody, if somebody knew how to do it, they'd be the best at it. And obviously, it's it's a puzzle that you have to put the pieces together. And if you just have one wrong piece, then it can all fall apart. Or you just have to continue to look for that last piece to put in to make it work. I think back in the '90s, that last piece was Austin and McMahon, and uh, now it's time to figure out whether it be WWE, AEW. Impact, uh, New Japan. It's time to figure out what that last piece is. Uh, I, I I did watch the New Japan shows with no crowd, which is weird because I'm pretty sure Harold Mage said that they weren't doing shows with no crowds. But I understand it's, this has been way too long without wrestling, and they got to pay their people. They got to create some kind of content or income. Um, I've heard that they also filmed some shows in California. That's a lines break style shows. I'm looking forward to those. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we're, I think we can make all the statements in the world, but when this goes longer than three months and we're still not doing anything, we got to get creative. That's what we did with series of supremacy. And that's what I think new Japan did. I enjoyed new Japan's, but the difference between new Japan and WWE, and I don't want to get in the weeds of this. I'm just going to touch on it very, like very shortly 
is that New Japan New Japan always presents their matches like sport. So you watch their matches, <coughs> you watch their matches, and you can watch it like you're watching a UFC fight because these guys beat the dog shit out of each other, and uh, and it's just a physical physical fight. Uh, it is a little weird. But it's also kind of more normal than than like United States wrestling because usually when you watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, the crowd is silent because they're respecting the wrestlers, they're respecting what's going on, and they're watching. They're they're not trying to instigate wrestlers to yell at them or do CM Punk chants to try to make make the match about them. Uh, they respect the craft, they respect the athletes that are doing it, and and it's so it's kind of normal. I don't know, but. Uh, Last thing I know, we got we got about five six minutes left. Uh, I've, I've talked I talk about this, or me and Dutch talk about this also on the Wrestling Open Forum show that goes out tomorrow. Once again, if you're just now joining, uh, I encourage you to watch the Wrestling Open Forum show on High Spots Wrestling Network tomorrow uh, because there's a big announcement. Uh, me and Dutch have been working on it, and I, I mean I appreciate it. If you if you can't watch it, we're going to put it out later in the day on our Facebook page. But uh, yeah, it's funny how we put it put it all together in the Wrestling Open Forum show, and I'm looking forward to it. It's just another avenue for us to build this brand and build what we're trying to do here. But uh, but the the last thing I want to talk about is Evolve, and I've read a few reports about Evolve, and I've texted people that are associated with Evolve and and tell them whatever. I mean, it's none of my business what's true and what's not true. I just uh, I respect the the two people that ran Evolve very highly. I mean, I, I've had disagreements with them in the past, but we've also worked together and done good business and they've gave they've given me a bunch of opportunities, but uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Evolve's done. I don't know if Evolve's taken a hiatus. I don't know if they've sold. I don't know if, I don't know what's going on, but uh, that's all. That's what all I've read. That's what all of uh, all the reports that are going around. But uh, yeah, I'll end it on this. The with with Gabe and Sal is me I get into it more and I don't like I said I don't want to repeat myself from show to show but uh, me and Sal didn't start off on the right foot uh I didn't like really didn't start off on the right foot but through through the years I have found respect in Sal's passion for what he does and uh and I learned from that and I've kind of incorporated a little of that into the into the passion that I have for professional wrestling and the production aspect of professional wrestling. And, uh, I mean, Sal's the first one that I ever saw live, like live edit or live stream outside of ring of honor, uh, when they did go fight live in Atlanta, um, or the center stage shows in Atlanta. But, um, yeah, like in, and Gabe, like, it's like, it's no secret. Gabe took me to NXT and introduced me to some people that I never thought I'd meet and got my got me some FaceTime with him. I can never thank him enough for that. Um, allowed me to see how they did stuff, how they processed stuff, how they produced stuff. Um, I had conversations with people that it was incredible. And I owe that to Gabe. I mean, people, everybody has their opinion of Gabe, and uh, but you, his, his resume speaks for itself. He built... He helped build Ring of Honor to the powerhouse that it once was. Um, he he built he, he built a brand out of Evolve. I don't know that Evolve ever reached the uh, ever reached the level of where he went in Ring of Honor or where he got to in Ring of Honor, but uh, 
the man the man knows talent. He's built talent. His like I said, his track record speaks for itself. Um, and yeah, like I'll, all I'll say is like I respect the hell out of both those guys. Uh, whatever happens, I hope I hope they find peace. I hope they uh, I hope they're uh, if if it is over, I hope they're proud of what they built and what how it started. I remember when it started, man. Just like Ring of Honor, I remember when Ring of Honor started. Uh, it's like just take pride in what you what you built and what you've done, and uh, stand tall because you have you do have something to be proud of. I've given numerous numerous of my friends, uh, two people that I absolutely love and adore, and James Drake and Anthony Henry, got national notoriety because of Evolve. And uh, yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate anybody that that picks up uh, some people that I got to work with and got to help out in my own way and allows them to like succeed even more than I am. I'm, I'm, I'm able to, because that's what we do. That's what me and Brian do. We, we're not, we're not those people in wrestling that are oblivious to, to where you stand. Uh, we know that our place where we are right now is to do what we can do our best to give people a platform to be seen as well as try try to use our knowledge and our experience to prepare them for the next level. And that's that's what we try to do as much as possible. So yeah, that's it. That's what I got for you. I'm gonna end a few minutes early, but I'm so wore out. I'm so out of breath. Uh but yeah. So thank you guys. Once again, uh go to wrestlingupinform.com for all of our shows. Uh, big announcement tomorrow on the Facebook page and on Wrestling Open Forum show on High Spots Network, HighSpotsWrestlingNetwork.com. And, yeah, so thank you guys for checking this out. I know this is late. I might bump it up to 8 for the next Friday. And uh, thanks for joining me. It's been it's always fun to talk with you guys about wrestling. Uh, and, yeah, so appreciate it, guys. Take care.